to experience it on a different foot and to be in the change room and then as you're walking out the tunnel it just comes alive and I mean speaking to a lot of players who I played with at Wales and, and things like that it was their, their favourite game favourite ground to play at not, yeah. not not because it was easy to play at just the, the sheer atmosphere and the intensity was was something special um, and then probably probably the other one that really blew me away was Old Trafford yeah. I just think the sheer enormity of it and and you walk out at Theatre of Dreams and you just think of all the great players who have played there and and all them great teams over the past 20, 30 years. It was it was quite surreal sort of walking out there for the first time and, and getting a getting a go on Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. Um who's the best individual you've come up against? Um like technically wise. Who who's been the best individual you've come up against? I mean there's a there's a few. I was quite lucky I got to play at a time when there's some real top top midfielders. Um and I think for me, there's there's probably well look, there's always the debate, isn't there? The England debate, there's the skulls, Gerard Lampard, who was better? Um, and I mean, for me, Lampard was my idol, sort of growing up, seeing what he'd done at West Ham, and um, then to get chance to play against him, just his movement was phenomenal. You'd be watching the ball, and next thing he's popping up on your shoulder, receiving, yeah. and I mean, he always <laughs> always enjoyed a goal against West Ham as well, didn't he? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Um, he was a, he so was a talent. Absolutely. I mean, 20, 20 goals a year for like five, six seasons on the bounce, he'd done it from midfield, was just unbelievable. And, and when you played against him, you could see how he'd done it because he was just unbelievable. You switch off for half a second and he's gone. He's beyond you. Yeah. He's receiving the ball in a dangerous position. So for me, he was pretty special. Um, I think Stevie G was the complete all-rounder. Yeah. Um, and then probably the, <laughs> the one who gave me the biggest run around was probably Wesley Snyder yeah, um, uh, yeah some player I mean my <laughs> second ever game for Wales I think it was 19 at the time yeah um, and I mean we played in Holland sea of orange um, and I just couldn't get near him so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, I mean the only time I got near him was at the end of the game when I managed yeah. to nick his shirt which was uh, which yeah. was fantastic but I mean as a 19 year old when you talk about levels obviously I, been training with the first team, played like one or two games and just made my international debut a few days before and then to actually go out and witness him in the flesh doing what he was doing and I think for me it was a real eye opener to say, right, there's a lot of work to go here to to get anywhere near any any sort of level close to him and he was he was a phenomenal player. So probably Wesley Snyder's the biggest one for me. I know exactly how you feel because I think I've come up to Bedfordshire a few times. You've done the same to me, mate. <laughs> um, Couple of five aside, Ah, oh, that's it, mate. Honestly, I've come home aching an hour journey on the way home. Um, I was actually, you, I'm glad you said that. Um, my next question: Who's the best player you've, you've swapped shirts with? Would it be Snyder or? Yeah, I mean, I was always quite busy, Sam, as a kid. I, I mean, I was completely obsessed with football growing up. So yeah. for me, especially that first the first couple of seasons playing in the Premier League and playing international football, mm. I was always quick to try and to try and get a shirt because it, it was incredible playing against your idols, playing against your heroes. And um, back when I was a bit younger, when I had my bachelor pad, I had a nice wall of shirts as you come yeah. in. So I got got me ones. So I got me Lampard. Um, Got a couple of Mark Noble ones up there from playing in the twenty ones <laughs> against him, but uh, yeah, probably the Snyder one takes takes pride of place. Um, but yeah, no, I've got I've got a whole collection. I've got Bale, Ramsey, um, loads loads of them, and I think for me it'd be nice now where I finish playing and, and probably looking back in. 10-15 years when my girls are a bit older to say look here's some of the players that I got to play against unbelievable mate um, 
I hope Shorty ain't watching, but um, uh, <laughs> just to ease off the introduction, uh, Messi or Ronaldo, Jack? Yeah, oh, look, uh, we know this gets, one. <laughs> this, this, gets, this gets annoying for me. Look, I, I love Ronaldo, he's an absolute machine, but for me, Messi's once in a lifetime. He's an absolute artist, isn't he? Yeah, it's just some of the stuff he does, it's just incredible. And the way he takes the ball, the way he takes people in on, and just the, the sheer beauty of some of his yeah, goals is just, just for me, it's just it's mesmerising. And I don't think I'll ever see anyone else like it in, in my lifetime. Um, obviously, I'd like to. I think Phil Foden's trying his hardest to yeah. get close to him at the moment. <laughs> any, well but, moment. <laughs> yeah. but look, Ronaldo's always going to get get the plaudits and, and fair play to him because he's the epitome of hard work and, and working on your weaknesses and, and things like that but Messi is just an absolute artist isn't he absolutely I can there see him. Russ popping Russ up is on. there Russ he is, is up. I knew he'd come <laughs> I, he thought busy de- I thought we'd be busy DJing or doing some bicep curls absolutely <laughs> oh, brilliant Jack thanks for that mate um, so we're going yeah. into the main bit and hopefully some youngsters are watching now um, so before the night before a big game um, how do you feel and um, how do you sort of keep yourself focused sort of thing I think I think for me I was always um, I was always excited Sam as I said I was a massive football fan growing up um, and for especially as a as a youngster sort of when you're first breaking through it was just all stuff of dreams and I'd be sat there in, in bed the night before or in the hotel the night before and just counting down the hours, counting down the minutes to think, right, we're, we're about to go to Old Trafford tomorrow and we're going to go and play, play at the Emirates tomorrow and, and test myself against some of the best players in the world. And I think for me, it wasn't ever real fear of, oh, uh, do you know what, I'm, I'm scared. To, it was more of sheer excitement and, and looking forward to it. Um, and in terms of the, the preparation, I, I mean, a lot of players sort of use it. I, I think the vis- visualisation pieces. Yeah. It's quite a big thing, and I'd find myself just lying in bed thinking, right, where are we playing tonight? Okay, we're playing here. What kit are we going to be wearing? Yeah, and just be going through moments and, and, and things in the game that I feel would come out in the game. And I just felt by doing that visualisation piece, it, it sort of helped prepare me for what was to come the next day. And Brilliant. as I said, as it drew closer to the game in the morning, and <laughs> I mean, at pre match, it would just be, I suppose it would be some sort of nerves, but it would be more excitable nerves and, and just that. Right, I want to get out there and I want to get on the pitch and get this game started. So yeah, so I asked Harry Bootman this question, and a seven forty-five kickoff when you've got all day to wait. Um, how painful is that as a footballer? Do you just want to get out there and, and do yeah. this sort of thing? It's, it's a tough one, Sam, because I mean I used to love the nighttime kickoffs, playing yeah. under the lights. I don't think there's anything better. Yeah. Um, and I, I was actually one of the players who actually enjoyed the the travel, like the hotel yeah. part of things, because I used to love going the day before. Yeah. If we had a 7.45, I would normally get up, go do some set pieces or go for a walk and just take our time at the hotel. And I was always a real good sleeper. So I'd have probably put a film on, have two or three hours in the afternoon. So I'd wake up feeling fresh. I'd feel, <laughs> I'd, I'd feel unbelievable. And, and then as it, once again, as it gets closer to the game, you are just, just counting down the hours, minutes. And, and some look, sometimes it can drag on. Um, but I suppose, I suppose he... Different players have different coping mechanisms. Some players would keep themselves separate out of the way, stay in their room. Yeah. Other players were more sociable. I mean, Kevin Nolan and Gary O'Neill would probably go through 25 cups of tea in the afternoon. Just, <laughs> having, like just having a <laughs> chat. <laughs> um, but no, it's, each player's different. And I, I found a, li- a little nap before the game. Um, yeah. 
cup of coffee with, with James Tompkins and I'd be ready to roll. <laughs> well, that again, takes on to the next question, home and away games. Is there a different feel? Um, obviously, you know the dressing room, you know at being at home and you know it well and you know the size of the pitch and the atmosphere, what you're going to get. And in the away games, is there a bit of a difference there? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. I mean, I was I loved playing at home as a you know at the bowling at Upton Park. It was for me there was no better place to play. So the home games were always had that that special feel. Um, whereas going away, it was always a different experience. Uh, I mean, growing up, you see the stadiums on TV and you think, right, I played at Old Trafford, tick that one off. Played at the Emirates, tick that one off. Yeah. Obviously. And as you, as you go through, there's certain grounds that you get a nice feel to that you like and maybe other grounds that you, you don't enjoy playing at so so much. But probably two of the grounds that really stick out for me as well, Sam, is is, is uh, when we got to play at Leeds. Enjoyed playing at Leeds. Special feeling down at Ellen Road. And yeah. I don't know if you remember, we played Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup one year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we had Sam Baldock and John Carew up front. We actually yeah. lost the game. Yeah. But the atmosphere before the game was insane. And was to get the experience, yeah, to get the experience to go up there and play at a real old school stadium was yeah. was great. And obviously now looking back, it's, it's special knowing that I've got to play at some of the, probably the most historic and special stadiums in the world. Is there a certain song you like? For me, like again, I've never played on a stadium that you have, but I always listen to a certain song before a game and... <laughs> Is there a certain song that sort of sticks out for you, like gets you motivated or anything like that? Or yeah, I mean there was a couple. I'm a bit of a weirdo, so I'll be honest with you. I mean, I go to the I go to the gym now and I stick R and B on. <laughs> I love some I love some like heartbreaking love songs on. Um, and I suppose I, I was the same as a player. I think um, whatever I enjoyed listening to, I, I kept that routine the same. I didn't really change it. But as it geared up closer to to sort of kick off. I love listening to Queen. Don't stop me now. That was always that was always sort of one that, that kind of got me going, and I made sure before we're getting off the bus or as it got closer to kick off that that would be sort of at least the last song or last two or three songs. And I don't know, it just had a it was it was lively. It just sort of made me feel good, and and yeah. sort of going out on the pitch, I'd be been muttering along to myself, and yeah. obviously the words have a bit of meaning to as well. But yeah, I, I was I had quite a a wide mix mix of music so I'd change it up a bit but I'd always have Queen in there at some point brilliant um, <laughs> so you know we've got the big four or top six as they say um, when you get off the coach and you're at these the top six clubs is there a certain feel or is there a certain atmosphere around the club and you and when you're walking out of tunnel you look to your right and see absolute world class player how do you feel when, when you're standing alongside these players especially as a youngster yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's growing up. It's it's what you dream of, isn't it? Yeah. Um, certainly, me from four or five years old, I've, my dream was to go and do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was some places where it was quite intimidating. I mean, going to Chelsea on like one of my first games, I look across and Deco stood there, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in for a tough game today and obviously knowing what the Chelsea teams were like you, you, you'd know you'd spend 80% of the game chasing the ball around chasing shadows but I suppose as a as a player you get to a point where it's either you kind of embrace embrace that pressure and embrace that uncertainty of what's to come or you kind of shy away it's, it's that fight or flight isn't it and yeah. I think you find the ones who, who sort of can't find a way to get to a point where they can go out there and perform, sort of fall away after a, a couple of appearances or a couple of games. Yeah. And then 
you see the others who, who really embrace it. And, yeah, I mean, Declan Rice has just been incredible, hasn't he? Gets in there as a little taste and <laughs> just just to see to see him grow and the stature. And now he's got the armband, playing every minute of every game, and obviously being linked with all the top clubs in the world. Absolutely. When you talk about someone who actually has gone out there and really embraced it and, and gone after it, and for me, he's probably the best example of doing so. Absolutely, it's just he's all round, and we'll come into professionalism a little bit later. But him as a as a whole, he's, he's such a credit. Um, you mentioned match of the day earlier. Um, <laughs> after a game, you played well. Do you sort of tune in, put your feet up, and and have a beer and watch? Yeah, watch the match of the day? Um, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was one of them. So it was, it was um, <laughs> certainly if we had a good game or a good result, match yeah. of the day would be would be on the top of the list. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's dream stuff, isn't it? Scoring Absolutely. a goal and then going home and, and watching your goal again. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, vice versa, if it was a real poor performance, sometimes it was tough to watch. Yeah, um, but, uh, I mean, when we had Big Sam as, as a manager, it was pretty like pretty much like match of the day anyway. The, yeah. the day after our review, he'd, he would go through the highlights or the clips, and we'd spend a lot of time doing the video work. So if you miss match of the day... You know, big Sam's there with every <laughs> with every single clip <laughs> with slow mos and highlights and pulling it back. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, match of the day's class, and I hope there's no one listening who's going to get me in trouble. But I've had to get a dodgy fire stick out here so yeah. I can still get my match of the day oh, in America. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you get that, you know, you've had a worldie and they they highlight you and they, you know, you think, yeah, I've had a good game here. I deserve a, a five minute highlight from Alan Shearer and Ian Wright. <laughs> Did you ever get that opportunity? Or? Yeah, I had one or two. I, I remember being on a night out, actually, in Faces. <laughs> shout, shout out to Faces. It was a real good game. Oh, I'm trying to think who we were playing at home, but it was the year when we played the Diamond and we had me and Val on Barami either side, Scotty Parker at the base, and Nobs mm. was playing as a 10. So, I mean, the midfield was an absolute dream. Yeah. And we played a game at home and we were just unbelievable that yeah. day and, and they highlighted uh, myself and Val on about the work we're getting through and I had quite a few texts come through and, and obviously it's, it's nice to be recognised for your work um, and I think I think nowadays it's, it's even more everything's magnified probably tenfold from, from when I was playing and I mean it's, it was only a few years back but I mean all the stuff on Twitter and, and Instagram and all the social media stuff, there there really is no hiding place. And Absolutely, yeah. I mean, when when it's going well, it's, it's probably the best feeling in the world. But at the same yeah. time, when it's when the shoe's on the other foot and you're having a tough time or you make a bad mistake, you know it, it's out there for the world to see. <laughs> so uh, I think the, the players now have to be made of, of sort of real tough stuff. Um, and and look, I love social media. Do you know <laughs> we're on Instagram at the moment? But but certainly the youngsters now they, they I think they need a little bit of I suppose guidance and 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 support in terms of what comes with with being thrust into the limelight, especially at a young age. Absolutely, well, lovely. So um, you mentioned analysing as well. Takes us on to the next topic. Um, how much do you go through? You know the opponents on during the week. How much sort of time spent on on that? Does it depend on what manager it is or? Yeah, I, th- I think each man- manager differs, um, and I mentioned it already, but Sam Allardyce was just incredible in, yeah. at getting you ready for a game, and I know he took a lot of stick for the, for some of the football we played, but yeah. I mean, in terms of getting us up first year of asking, securing yeah. us in the Premier League, and uh, for me, he's done a fantastic job, and I think 
a big part of that was his attention to detail and a a massive focus on us as a team. This is how we're going to play. This is what's needed. If you're playing this position, these are my expectations. You do it, you'll be in the team next week. If you don't do it, you'll be out. Um, And I mean, even in the championship, he didn't disrespect no team. We'd go into every every single game knowing exactly what the opposition were like, how they've played their last five or six games, expected lineups, um, notes on the individuals, their strengths, weaknesses. And Big Sam was just incredible. That Thursday, Friday training session, in terms of yeah. getting the information across that he felt we needed to go and win and to go and perform, he was just great at it. And it's, it's uh, I mean, as a, as a young coach now, it was great for me to, to learn off of different coaches, your, your Aladias, Solas, etc. And you take little bits and, that attention to detail and real focus, not just on us, but also the opposition and, yeah. and how we can hurt the opposition is, is something I try and use now. That's superb. And so, is, is there certain teams where you had an absolute worldie against and you look at the fixture list and you think, right, yeah, I can I can have this sort of thing. There's bogey teams <laughs> and teams you have really good games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a good one, you know. I actually, yeah. uh, I think... I think games I really looked forward to, for me, the first one I looked to was always the Tottenham game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know why, a special atmosphere and, and even more so, the one at White Hart Lane was because it was so intense and tight yeah. there and obviously you know what you're going to get in the bowling. The Tottenham games were always fantastic. Absolutely, and yeah. we've, had, we've had a pretty good record of, with them over the years. You know what I mean? We've, we've, we've had some, <laughs> some real good games. So the Spurs games are good. Um, but also the Cardiff, the Cardiff games. Yeah. I mean, uh, people talk... Like when I talk to people now, uh, a lot of the time it's about oh your goals in the playoff semi-finals against Cardiff. But we had some cracking games. We had a couple of couple of great. Well, we had one great game against them in the championship that year. We lost the first home home game of the season, didn't we? But playing away there. Um, But for me, it was always a bit special because I played there a few times for Wales. um, So it always felt like it was almost a home away from home. So going there then in the playoff the playoff semis, it, it almost felt like I was at home. So it was great to obviously go out there and and nine times out of ten, we managed to managed to turn them over and beat them. I think even George McCartney scored against Cardiff yeah. once. So, <laughs> so always good games. Well, I remember the, the semi-final as well and I, I went to the 3-0 home win and it was, yeah. what, what an atmosphere. And uh, yeah, it was great. And your two goals away from home was, was superb. So, last one. Um, so talk, going on to international football now, um, you know, you get the call, you get the nod, and you, you travel to, to Wales, and you've got a very small amount of time to get used to different ways, etc. How quick? How quickly do you have to adapt from club football to international football? That's a fantastic question, actually, yeah. Sam. I think um, I think the best players you find can adapt and can play different roles. And yeah. as I said, Phil Foden, you see him playing as a false nine, you see him playing as a winger, you see him playing as a ten, and. It, He's just as effective wherever he seems to play. So I think you find the best players can adapt. And yeah. I suppose that the the great thing about going to play international football, that these are players who are at the top of their game. They're Absolutely. top players for their clubs nine times out of ten. And they're bright and clever. And it's just about the international manager, whoever it may be, trying to get us together to gel and Absolutely. get that real team spirit together and, and try and prepare us as best we can for a game maybe in three or four days' time. Um as I said, the the yeah the, the football IQ of, of international players is is often very high. So yeah. in terms of taking on a different way to play, a different style, new set pieces, etc., you find they take it on quite easy. Yeah. Um, 
And I think for me, I think a big reason why Wales done so well at the Euros in 2016, obviously getting to the semis was incredible. But a big core of that group came through the under-21s together under Brian Flynn. So, I mean, your likes of like your Ramseys, your Gunters, um, Joe Allen, all these boys sort of come through together with the under-21s and and sort of stuck together and made their debuts around the same time and for me it's great to be a part of that early early part of the journey and Absolutely. and to see him go and do so well on the big stage at the Euros was just incredible. Jack, I've, I've also got to mention during that Euros I was out in Finland and because of you I was out there so it was an <laughs> incredible it. watch mate. Uh, yeah. hey, how, good, how good was that on Finland eh? <laughs> Sticks in place. the memories that one but yeah that was an incredible experience. Um, sticking on that the expectation and the training regimes from club football and then international football, was it hard to adapt there, that sort of thing, when the whole training regime changes and you've got different players around you? How did that uh, work out? Good question. I, I think a lot of the time, when you're away with the international team, a lot of it was just trying to get players through the week because yeah. some players would have played on a Sunday, some players might not have been playing for their club, Sometimes some players have played... Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So it's just trying to get everyone to a level where they're they're coming up to the game feeling in good shape and, and sort of feeling ready to go. Um, I mean, at, the, at your club, you get into a bit of a routine. You kind of know what sessions are going to be coming on days, whereas sometimes when you're away with international, it's, it's a bit of an anomaly. You might be training 7 o'clock at night in the stadium. You might be training 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So... I think the, the the biggest thing for me, Sam, I just love being out on the training yeah, pitch. Course, so you, yeah. you could you could say we're training at seven a.m. and yeah. and I'd be excited and I'd be the first <laughs> one out there <laughs> practicing the kickups or trying to hit the crossbar from fifty yards <laughs> or something. So, oh, so I, I think that. that I think that you find nine times out of ten with footballers is that real love and that that passion for the game. So Absolutely. okay, okay, you might be moaning at, at certain things, but. When the ball comes out and starts rolling, I think everyone's just so tuned in and, and enjoying that part of it. Absolutely. So I've got two games we're going to mention now. And the first one was the playoff final. And going into the playoff final, we was an 8-1 aggregate in, in the two games against Blackpool. But how different <laughs> How different was that on the day? Like, How different was that? Uh, well, I mean, that's what I mean. And in the away game against Blackpool, Greeny got sent off. Henry yeah. Lansbury Henry ended Landry's up in goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so obviously, we were we were full of confidence going into the final. Not, yeah. I wouldn't say we were overconfident, but when you, as you said, when you when you've turned the team over twice in the league, and you sat in the change room, you're looking around. You got Vazte who's come in and scored ten plus goals since yeah. Christmas. You got Kevin Nolan who's He's an absolute legend. Mark Noble was probably the superstar in the championship that, that year. Yeah. You, you look around and you feel confident. Yeah. And it was, it was quite funny. There was there was a big lead up to the game. I think we had about two and a half weeks after the, the playoff semi. And yeah. just felt like everything was coming together and, and we were in a good place. And we got to the got to the game and we were just useless. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough we, game, we were, wasn't it? We were crap. <laughs> I mean, we scored a fantastic... I mean, what a ball from Matty Taylor and yeah. Coley tucked it away great um, yeah. to stick us 1-0 up. And we come out second half and we, we just couldn't get in a flow. We couldn't get yeah. going and we were getting tested. And um, <laughs> obviously, they got the equalising. It was so tense and it so was, tight. Yeah. Yeah. And that feeling, that feeling when Vazte scored that winner was just... Insane. It's quite funny because if anyone can see the video, you see Vaz run off with his abs out and yeah. his, his pecs out and all that, his chiseled body and... 
everyone celebrate with Vaz and I don't know why I run off in a complete opposite it's direction awesome. pulling my shorts so I, I didn't know what to do it was just that's it was brilliant. just it was just sheer relief I, I think yeah. that season as a whole there was so much expectation on us as a group and as a yeah, club absolutely. to obviously bounce back first time um, we'd spent big money bringing in Kevin Nolan and, and obviously Sam Allardyce and I think the disappointment of of obviously not getting automatic promotion Reading come really? from nowhere that year and, and yeah, sort of did, got, yeah. got automatic promotion from us and I think that that game there was so much riding on it obviously the the biggest game in, in football financially isn't it That's they right, say yeah. and That's it. um yeah I, I, it's, it's funny because at the final whistle the celebrations weren't crazy crazy a lot of it was just Relief. Yeah. Right, sheer relief. Yeah, Thank yeah. God we're, we're going to be back in the Premier League next year. And obviously to get that moment in front of the fans was was very special. But as I said, yeah, that that game was a bit of a strange one, but yeah. obviously a magical one to play in. And, and now looking back, now I've finished playing, it was it was great that Fantastic. I could be part of that history and, and part of sort of getting back West Ham back into the Premier League where they belong. There's an unbelievable clip as the players are walking out of the tunnel and... West Ham filled their end, and there was a, a handful in the Blackpool end as it was, well. It was yeah. like it was like a home game for us. It unbelievable. It was it was um, unbelievable, mate. Claret and blue everywhere. everywhere and yeah. It's it's quite funny because they they show the game sometimes now on, on Sky Sports still, yeah. and uh, I look back and I I can hardly walk. My yeah. knee had blown up by oh, the time no. like my knee was hanging off. Uh, I think I was having that injected, and I popped my shoulder in the second semi final. <laughs> So my shoulder was strapped and I had quarter zone in it before the game. No. And it was just one of, I, I couldn't move, but there was no way I was not going to get out on that pitch no in the way. final. Um, and I actually managed to get through the game with my shoulder and I, I nearly popped it out at the end trying to make the rugby tackle where, <laughs> when I gave the ball away in the middle of the park That's when we were two yeah. one up. <laughs> uh, what an experience though, to play uh, you know, a, a full ass with, must be 60, 70 odd thousand West Ham fans there. How did you feel the build up of that game? How was you feeling then? Yeah, uh, once again, uh, I would say that is probably the most nervous I, I ever yeah. felt before a game because... Um, of course, there's the excitement. We're playing at Wembley. As you said, we knew it was going to be pretty much like a home game for us. But uh, as I said, that expectation through the season, a lot in the media, well, you're expected to bounce up, expected to do this. But us as players, we also knew how much was riding on it. Like, yeah. pe- people's, people's jobs were at stake. Like People had been behind the scenes. Yeah, the people at the training ground had been there years and years. Of work. Probably if we spent another year in the championship, people would have lost their jobs. And, yeah. and sort of knowing that as as someone who'd been at West Ham from sort of 16 years old and obviously Mr. West Ham himself, Mark Noble, yeah. knowing that, it, there was almost added added pressure on us guys to, to make sure we actually delivered and, and sort of got it over the line. So it was great to finally do it and, and obviously even more special with James Tompkins playing, Mark Noble playing, myself, all academy boys who sort of come through and, and knew exactly what West Ham was like and what West Ham was about. Unbelievable. And the other game I'm going to mention, we've mentioned him a few times, is Mark, the, the testimonial. And what it was near the end of you know the, the closing days of, of Upton Park and I remember sitting there in the crowd and it was just a fantastic day all round. And uh, how did it feel to get involved with that one as well? Obviously, you know, Nobs says we we knew there was a testimonial coming, and when I actually got the text off of him saying he's going to come play, well, I was absolutely over the moon. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for me, it's probably even more special because I never got chance to to sort of have a last game or say yeah. goodbye to the fans because 
I went out on loan to Wigan yeah. before before the end of the season because I was desperate to play and, and wanted to, to sort of go and help them get promotion and yeah. and things like that. And then I found out over the summer my contract wasn't being renewed. Um, so for me, it was a it was tough not getting a chance to say goodbye to the fans. Yeah. Obviously, I wrote that letter, which was about <laughs> 10 pages long, um, which was obviously something, something important to me to try yeah. and sort of close the chapter that way because West Ham meant so much to me in terms of um, being there as a youngster, breaking through, making the first team. But I went through so much in that period of my life in terms of being in the team, bursting onto the scene, dealing with big injuries, losing my dad, promotion, relegation. Do you know what I mean? It was just a whirlwind of, of sort of emotions and experiencing that the whole way through with sort of this incredible fan base who supported me for absolutely everything. So to get the chance to then go back and obviously play in the testimonial was great. And yeah. I mean, the, the banner in the changer was fantastic. Some yeah, of the boys went to see the front of that. Use the front of that. I tell you what, though, the <laughs> highlight, Sam, the highlight must have Dino's, Dean Ashton's over a oh. kick was just, yeah, it was Unbelievable. Class, wasn't it? <laughs> I was in the East Stand right in line with that, mate, and it yeah. is incredible, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it was great for all of us. I mean, we probably enjoyed it more than Nobes and obviously the day was about him and yeah. I mean it, it was great obviously the fans turned up and we knew Upton Park was obviously about to be demolished and, yeah. and just for the old boys to get together and, and obviously pay our respects to, to such an unbelievable servant and for me personally someone who sort of helped me as a youngster breaking into the first team dealing yeah. with everything and, and what a great role he'd sort of played in my life up to then Absolutely mate that I just want to say honestly I'm personal thank you for, for for one doing this interview and, and two to help me sort of push on as a coach and give me these opportunities um, so massive thank you to, for that um, how's the coaching going on out in America at the moment all good yeah mate I'm yeah. loving it we, yeah, yeah no it's, it's, it's fantastic it's um, for me the, the big part sort of coming out here was getting a completely different exposure to different style of football uh, I'm lucky that I'm at a wonderful club who are obviously one of the powerhouses in the MLS and yeah, I'm getting to work with some fantastic players day in, day out. So, Brilliant. I mean, for me, it's, it's part of the journey now as a coach to to be out on the grass and sort of earn my stripes and improve and get better. And, I mean, long term, I'm, I'm not hiding from the fact that I do want to be a first-team coach. I do want to be a first-team manager and Absolutely. obviously manage at a, on the biggest stage at, <laughs> against the best teams in the biggest stadiums in the world. So... Absolutely. Going through that as a player was fantastic and now sort of starting at the bottom and trying to work my way through it and, and sort of make my way in the game as a as a young, aspiring coach. No, mate, <laughs> I think the way you are, I think you'll you'll go a long way, mate, and I look forward to seeing you all suited and booted on the touchline one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to keep up with Pep and them boys, eh? That's it, mate. <laughs> um, my friend Ryan just gave me a little message just before the interview. He, he asked me to ask you who's the best technical player you've ever played play with. Oh, fantastic question. Played with, I mean, look, uh, to get to share a pitch with Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale was special because yeah. they're just superstars in the game and both of them incredibly talented. Um, but probably one that really sticks out to me, Sam, is Ravel Morrison. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. wow, yeah. oh my God. He was, yeah. he was incredible. Yeah, Left foot, was, yeah. right foot. First pass you with speed. Do four-stepper. 
like technically he was he was just special we'd watch him in training some days and he would nearly get a standing ovation walking yeah. back to the dressing room so um yeah probably reveals one of the the most technical best players i've ever seen live in the flesh as well superb okay guys thank you for all for watching um that was a little bit about elite mentality um hopefully that's helped as well jack thank you very much for your insight um it's been a real pleasure mate to interview you and I think you've got a game tonight on you, mate. Your boys yeah, got a game. Yeah, yeah, the under 19 has got a game tonight, so I'll be, be heading over there in a minute, mate. But no, really appreciate it, Sam. And Pleasure, mate. I mean, from me, thank you for everything you do for me, mate. I know you've, you've been a great help, and I love your passion for the game, so I'll do anything for you, mate. All right, <laughs> so man, keep Jack. up the good work. You too, mate. Good luck, pal, and I'll see you soon. Take care, mate. Take care, mate. Cheers, Bye, mate. Ta, ta, mate.